Hello and welcome to the audio ministry of Pure Heart Christian Center. We are located at 12236 Southwest 128th Street near the Tamiami Airport in the Kindle area. I want to invite you now to join our lead pastor, Dennis Penton, as he dynamically shares another life-transforming message from God's Word. You're blessed in being able to have food on your table, food in the refrigerator, being able to go to the normal fast food, you know, drive through and order something. You're blessed in that you have work. You're blessed in that you have a home to, to stay in, perhaps a bed to sleep in. You're blessed in that you live in an area where you can have access to clean water. We're blessed in that we're not in a war-tone re- region where most a, a, a good number, a good part of the world is. You're blessed to have shoes on your feet. Some people in this church wear shoes. Some people don't by choice. <laughs> but, but listen, but none of us are here because we don't have shoes. All of us have shoes, right? Uh, and, uh, and that's a blessing. The Bible says it rains on the just and on the unjust. So we've all received great blessings from God. You know, this is what we call God's general blessings. All of us, no matter what our faith no matter what our, our uh, background is, are recipients of God's general blessings. But then there are other types of blessings, more specific, more of God's favor. Those blessings require that I do something in order to get them. Now, when we talk about blessings, what do we mean by that? We Really what we mean by that is the word blessing means happy. I just want to be happy. Ever heard anybody say that? I just want to be happy. Well, do, and mom and dad are always, are always guilty of this. Well, honey, I just want you to be happy. You know, you know we say that all the time, don't we? Uh, we just want you. Well, that's what blessed means. Blessed means to be happy. Blessed means to be fortunate. In fact, here's what the word blessing really literally means. It means that I have a life joy. A life joy that comes from God. That's, that comes to me regardless of my circumstances. See, some people are joyful only when the circumstances are favorable, right? So you know what, man? My boss just gave me a raise. Praise God. I'm happy. I got into an accident. I'm depressed. (laughs) You know, this girl, my fiance, you know, she told me she would marry me. I'm happy. Somebody else on the other, you know, I got a headache, so I'm depressed. Our joy so often is contingent on the circumstances of life. But here's what God is saying about being blessed. He's saying, I want to bless you to the point that you have life joy regardless of the circumstances in your life. Whether you have the ups, whether you win the lotto. Yep. That's very happy. You know what? Or oh, the sheriff comes in and kicks you out of the house. Amen. 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 And so how is it that I can have that type of happiness? We talked about that last week. The people that have that type of happiness, you know what they do? They make right choices. How can I have the blessing of God in my life? No, no, not the specific blessing, not the general blessings, because we're all recipients. But how can I have more specific favor in my life? Well, you know what you need to do? You need to make right choices. God does not bless people aside from the choices that they make specifically. So if I want, if I make the right choices, I get the right outcome. As I make the right outcome, guess what? I'm blessed. 
God blesses me even more. Why? Because I'm doing the things that God would want me to do through what? Through the choices that I'm making. And last week we talked about some choices that we need to make in order to open our lives up to greater blessing in our lives. And you remember those? We're going to go through those uh, uh, pretty uh, quickly because it's just a a brief review. Uh, We receive people that are blessed. You know what they do? They receive God's blessings through Christ. In other words, people that are blessed, it begins and it ends with Jesus Christ. He is the author and the finisher. He is the alpha and the omega and the in-between, I might add. So people that are blessed, you know what? It begins with a relationship with Christ. They have a relationship with Jesus Christ. The second thing, people that are blessed, they're thankful. They're not chronic complainers. They're not chronic murmurs. They're not angry. They're not always hostile. They're not always upset because they never have. They're thankful for what they have. And thank God for these little Vienna sausages. Thank God for the beanie weenies. Thank God for those moments when you feel like, man, you're comparing yourself. Man, he gets to eat steak and she gets to eat fish. And this person gets to eat, you know, filet mignon. And what do I have? I got nothing more than Vienna sausages. I'm tired of Vienna sausages. Listen, God blesses us when we're thankful. Be thankful for what you have and you open the door for even more. Here's the third thing that that, that people that are blessed uh, uh, do. They have faith. They expect God to bless them. I'm not just asking and hoping. Oh, I hope, I hope, I hope. Let me keep my fingers crossed. They're praying. They're believing. They're expecting. God, you're going to bless me. I believe you're going to bless me. Here's the fourth uh, thing that they do. They walk in obedience. Amen. You know what that means? That means that we try to please God by the way that we live. Nobody here has this obedience thing 100% down. Amen? We, listen, we, we all fall. We all fall. We all mess up. We all make mistakes. But here's the difference between the person that I'm referring to and another person. The person that I'm referring to that walks with the Lord, they have an attitude like, I want to live in a way that honors God. Whereas a person that doesn't just says, you know, I'll honor God if it's convenient, if it's okay, if it comes at the right moment. Not right now. Now is not my time. Now is not my time. And they use that as an excuse to continue to live in disobedience. God won't bless that. But what does God bless? God blesses you for effort. For when you try. And if you fall, the Bible says a righteous man falls seven times. I don't know why that puts me in. What category that puts me in. I've fallen way more than seven times. I'm hoping that says seven times Every hour, <laughs> every day at least. But regardless, the point is that you pick yourself back up and you, and you keep going. So, so here are people that are blessed. They walk or they look or they try to walk in a way that pleases God through obedience. And here's what the other thing that they do. The last thing that they do is that they share their blessings with others. You know, you know the reason why God blesses you? He wants to see what you do with that blessing. You are blessed to be a blessing. God gives to you so that how? So that you can freely give to those around you. And if you make the mistake of saying, wow, this is all for me, and you don't share, guess what you do? You just shut off the valve of blessing in your life. Why? Because here is what the Bible teaches me. It teaches me that I am blessed so that I can bless other people. God gives to me. Why? So that I can give to other people. I'm blessed to be a blessing. You missed a good part for an amen. Listen, you need to say that to the person next to you. Say, I am blessed to be a blessing. I am blessed to be a blessing. 
Say it back to them. Say, now you're blessed so that you can be a blessing. See, yeah, it's great when we're blessed, but there is an expectation. There is an expectation that we're going to funnel some of the things that we've received huh, to the other people around us. And here's what it says in Acts chapter 20, verse 35. You know what it, what it says? It's more blessed to give than to receive. It's more blessed to give than to receive. So if you want God's blessing, anybody want God's blessing? Okay. Start being a blessing. Oh. Did I really say that? Did I really mean that? Absolutely. You want God's blessing? Why don't you start being a blessing to other people? Let me ask you a question. Who was the last person that was blessed by you? Who was the last person that you blessed? See, we're going to take. This is so important because here's where we make a mistake. We make a mistake thinking the church is about me. We want everything to be right. We want the songs to be right. We want the duration to be right. We want the music, the worship leader to be right. We want the sermon to be concise. We want certain because, but we forget. Is that what worship is about? Didn't you just make by by putting all those expectations? Didn't you just say worship is about me? That's not what worship's about. Worship's about God. Worship's about Him. But sometimes what happens is that we miss out on the blessing of God because we make the mistake that we, you know what we think? We think it has to do with me. But if you want God's blessing, you know what? You have to start being a blessing to others. Now, we're going to talk about this in the next couple of weeks, how you can be a blessing. Because that's what God, God wants this church to be a blessing. We don't want to be just a fountain of blessing that, that God, I mean, we, we don't want to just be a reservoir of blessing where, where God flows blessing to us, but we never give it out. Why? Because if we do that, you know what we become? We become like a dead sea. You know why the dead sea is called the dead sea? Because it's dead. <laughs> why is it dead? Because it has an inflow of water, but it has no outward flow of water. So all the minerals and all the silt and all the things that go in there, they just stay there. And so it's highly uh, 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 toxic. No, uh, I mean, you could go take a bath and float. I think it's a, a, high, uh, a high level of, of salt in there. Uh, it's just nothing really grows there. There's no outlet. You want to grow? You want to be blessed? I want to be blessed? Guess how that comes? I got to be a blessing. And so today I want us to look at just one of the areas, one way that you can be a blessing to the people around you. And in so doing, as you commit to this way, you know what God's going to do? God's going to bless you because of it. And the way that I want to talk to you about is, I want to talk to you how you can bless other people through your prayer. No one here today is here. Okay. By accident... Everybody that's here is here as a result of someone that's been praying for you. If you know Jesus Christ, you know why that's true? You know why you know Jesus Christ? Because someone in your past was praying for you either directly or indirectly. I believe, listen, I believe that I, that I became a Christian because someone was praying for me. 
And now it might have been very directly, Lord, pray for that skinny, ugly guy that, you know, that guy that's out there doing all types of crimes and doing all types of things that he shouldn't be doing. Lord, touch that guy and save him. Maybe it was something like that. Or maybe it was something very general. Somebody passed by the high school that I would go to and say, Lord, touch the student body. Send revival to this group. Whatever the case was, someone was praying for me. If you're here today, you're here because someone in your background was praying for you. Directly or indirectly. So you know what God says? You want to be a blessing to other people? If somebody prayed for you and you are now in the kingdom, guess what? Now it's time to return to favor. Now it's time to to pray some others into the kingdom. To pray favor into other people's lives. To what? To be a blessing to other people simply by the way that I pray. Amen. That's powerful. It's unfortunate though that sometimes, you know, as we think about this, okay, uh, that, you know, we pray with so many wrong motives. And we're going to talk about that in, in just a little while. But I know that I've enjoyed the blessing, and I am blessed when people tell me, Pastor, I've been praying for you. How many of you guys pray for me? No, don't raise your hands, please. I appreciate that, because I know you guys often tell me, and I need your prayer. My wife needs your prayer. My kids need your prayer. You know, uh, the, the family, the church needs your prayer. Whenever somebody says, we've been praying for you, you know what? That blesses my heart. It blesses my heart, because I know that I need people's prayer. But listen, you may not be able, you may find someone in need. Listen, you may not be able to pay their bills. That's okay. You may not be able to fix their car when their car breaks down. You may not have the remedy to cure whatever ails them, to cure the disease that they have in their body. You may not even have the right words to encourage them out of their depression. You may not be able to do anything for them physically. But here's what you could do. You could pray for them. And in praying for them, you know what? You can move heaven and earth on their behalf. You may not be able to supply them with any material goods. But if you simply commit to praying for them, man, you've done a whole lot more than if you had all the material goods to give them. So today I want us to talk about that. I want us to to talk just a little bit about how is it that I can bless people? How can I be a blessing in the way that, that I pray? For some of you, prayer is really easy. And you pray all the time. You pray constantly. For others of you, you say, you know, you hear a topic on prayer. It's like, oh man, I'm getting uncomfortable. I'm getting fidgety. Please don't. Don't, don't get fidgety. Because well, all of us can pray. And I'm going to show you how to do it simply, to do it effectively, and to really make a difference in people's lives. It's unfortunate that we don't pray more. Because the more we pray, the more results we would see in our lives. The more of a blessing we'd have. You know what's unfortunate is that sometimes we only pray when we're in trouble. How many of you guys pray only when you're in trouble? Oh, don't raise your hands, please. But that's true. Isn't that human nature? Isn't that human nature that we just pray, you know, we pray little things. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord a soul to keep. You know, you say little simple prayers. But listen, when all of a sudden you're in crisis, oh God, I mean, you pouring out your soul. You're sweating drops of blood, you know, praying through that thing because you're in a jam. You guys all know the story. I've told this story before, but maybe some of you guys, I know some of you guys are not here. You haven't heard it. So, so please indulge me. Remember, uh, heard about, uh, read about the... The teenage, the young man, going on his first date. He's going on his first date. He's excited because he's going to meet the parents of this girl tonight. And he's going to take her out. They're going to go catch a movie. And he's really enamored with her. And he wants to make a good impression. And, and so he goes into the pharmacy. And the pharmacy, he goes up to the pharmacy and says, I want to buy three boxes of one-pound chocolates. Three boxes. 
And the pharmacist says, well, you know, they're in that section over there. You can go get them. He goes, but I tell you, it's going to be cheaper. This was close to Valentine's. I tell you, it's going to be cheaper if you buy one five-pound box than to buy three, you know, uh, 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 three one-pound boxes. He goes, no, 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 no. I need three one-pound boxes of chocolates. Because today, so he starts telling them, the pharmacist, because today I'm going on my very first date. I mean, this girl's so special. And here's my plan. My plan is that we're going to go and we're gonna, I'm going to meet her parents. We're going to have dinner. And after we have dinner, we're going to go to the movies. We're going to get in the car. If we get in the car, if she closes the door and scoots over next to me, rather than staying by the door, I'm going to give her one box of chocolates. And she, he looks at the pharmacist and he winks at him. He goes, you know what I mean? The pharmacist says, yeah, okay, I know what you mean. And then when we're watching the movie, here's what we're going to do. When we're watching the movie, you know, halfway through the movie, I'm going to pretend like I'm yawning. <gasps> and I'm going to use that to kind of ease my arm around her. <laughs> and if she lets me keep my arm around her, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give her that second box of chocolates. And he looks at the pharmacist and he winks. He goes, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, okay, I know what you mean. He goes, well, what's the third box for? He goes, well, you know, this girl's so beautiful. She's so pretty. I'm hoping that when I walk her home, when I walk her up to the door before, you know, I say goodbye, I'm hoping that she will let me kiss her goodnight. And I'm going to just get a little close to see, but if, if I get close to her and then she gets close to me, and if she lets me kiss her, I'm going to give her the third box of chocolates. And he winks at the pharmacy. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. So he goes off. He's all happy. He buys three boxes of chocolates. He goes. He goes on his date. And he goes into the house to have dinner. And as they ask him, would you say grace today? So he says, sure. As he's having dinner, before they have dinner, they sit down. And he stands up. Everybody's sitting down, holding hands. And he stands up. And man, this guy, he starts to pray. He prays for the food. He prays for the chicken. He prays for the salad. He prays for the potatoes. He prays for every dish. He prays for mama that took so much time to cook it. He prays for papa that worked so hard to give them the money. He prays for the brothers and the sisters, the uncles, the aunts, the grandparents. I mean, he's praying for everything. He prays for their school, for their jobs. He's praying. Listen, he prays for the dog. He prays for the parakeet. He's just praying and praying. He starts to pray for missionaries. Missionaries, he doesn't even know their names. He just, you know, Lord bless those in Uganda and bless those in India. And he goes on. I mean, he's praying and praying and praying and praying. 20 minutes he's praying. The food is cold by the time he finishes. He finally they sit down and they eat. After dinner, they walk out. And this girl, his date, like she's like her jaws open. I don't know what just happened. They're walking outside as they're walking to the car. She says, you know, I didn't know you were so religious. And the young man looks at her and says, I didn't know your father was the pharmacist. He found himself in a jam. 
Some of us only pray when we're in a jam. (laughs) Some of us only pray when we're in trouble. But here's what James says. James 5. James 5.16 says we should be praying for each other. We're supposed to be praying prayers that do what? That bless others. And there's a great example of that over in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 12. You turn there, I'm going to read it to you from uh, the New Century Version. Great little translation, in fact, if you have children and you want kind of a Bible that's pretty accurate, but that's not too lofty, but that's easy to read and understand, this is a great little translation, this is a great translation for children, the New Century Version. I'm not saying that you guys are children today, but I thought it was pretty good to bring up a different translation today. Uh, Acts 12, look at verses 1. We're going to follow along with this. Is during the same time, King Herod began to mistreat some who belonged to the church. He ordered James, the brother of John, to be killed by the sword. Herod saw that some of the people liked this, so he decided to arrest Peter too. This happened during the time of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. After Herod arrested Peter, he put him in jail and handed him over to be guarded by 16 soldiers. And Herod planned to bring Peter before the people for trial after the Passover feast. So Peter was kept in jail. I want you to circle this part in your Bibles or highlight it and transpose it over to some other document. But the church prayed earnestly to God for him. It says, that night, verse 6, before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains. Picture this. Peter's sleeping. On the right, he's got a soldier that he's chained to. On the left, he's got another soldier that he's chained to. Other soldiers were guarding the door of the jail. Verse 7, suddenly an angel of the Lord stood there and a light shined in the cell. And the angel struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Hurry! Get up! The angel said. And the chains fell off Peter's hands. Then the angel told him, Get dressed and put your sandals. Put on your sandals. And Peter did. Then the angel said, Put on your coat and follow me. So Peter followed him out. But he did not know if what the angel was doing was real. He thought he might be seeing a vision, a.k.a. dreaming. Verse 10, they went past the first and second guards and came to the iron gate that separated them from the city. The gate opened by itself for them. Somebody say, that's crazy. And they went through it and when they had walked down one street, the angels suddenly left them. Look at verse 11. Then Peter realized what happened. And he thought, now I know that the Lord really sent his angel to me. He rescued me from Herod and from all the things the people thought would happen. See, they thought for sure Peter was going to die the same way that James died. Because this made Herod happy. This made the people happy. So Herod was going to go ahead and continue with that same course of, uh, with the same uh, 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 action. So verse 12 says, When he considered this, he went to the home of Mary, the mother of John Mark. Many people, look at that, many people were gathered there praying. 
Peter knocked on the outside door, and a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer it. So check this out. Peter's coming to the door. Where's Peter? He's in the state pen. We're praying for him now. But he comes and he knocks on the door. When she recognized verse 14, Peter's voice, she was so happy, she forgot to open the door. Instead, she ran inside and told the group, Peter is at the door. And they said to her, you're crazy. Woman, you're crazy. But she kept on saying it was true. So they said, it must be Peter's angel. Peter continued to knock. And when they opened the door, they saw him and were amazed. And Peter made a sign with his hand to tell them to be quiet. And he explained how the Lord led him out of the jail. And he said, tell James and the other believers what happened. And then he left to go to another place. Verse 18 says, The next day the soldiers were very upset and wondered what had happened to Peter. In verse 19, Herod looked everywhere for him but could not find him. So he questioned the guards and ordered that they be killed. The prayers of the church served as a blessing for Peter. God wants to bless the church. God wants to bless the people in your life through your prayer. It says, verse 5, Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying for him. Your prayer helps those that are in prison. Now, we have chaplain Leslie over here that regularly goes to the prison as and he visits the inmates in that prison, and that is an amazing blessing. The Bible commands us that we should visit those in prison and minister to them. Some of you have family members in prison, and so you especially uh, can uh, enjoy and appreciate that type of ministry. But listen, I want to tell you that there are many more types of prison other than physical prison. Somebody grab me a Not just those in physical, in physical chains like Peter was. What? Jesus Christ came to set those captive, those in the prison of their own minds, those imprisoned spiritually, those imprisoned emotionally. He came to set the captives free. 
But listen, here's how he's going to do it. He's going to do it through your prayer. In the same way that the church prayed for Peter, and Peter was freed miraculously, God honors the prayer of his saints. And God does the same for us when we pray. Think about it. Are there loved ones right now that you're concerned about? Listen, the best thing you could do for them is just pray for them. Are there people that God's laying in your heart that are going, that are troubled, that are lonely, that are going through their heartache and their turmoil? Listen, you may not be able to do much. In fact, you can't do anything for them. God's got to be the one that intervenes for them. God's got to be the one that breaks through for them. But listen, how do we have access to God's breakthrough? Through God's power, to God's miracle working uh, uh, authority. Here's how we do it. We got to pray. As we pray, guess what God does? We pray. Here's how it works. You pray. I pray. God works. God works in direct proportion to how I pray. Now, uh, he's the only one that can open the doors. I'm going to give you a couple elements. I know that I've gone way beyond my time, and I just want to go through these real quick, but I think that you have them there, and you're going to get the gist of it as you follow along in your outline. But uh, here's what I want you uh, to kind of make uh, a note of, is that prayers that bless others, you know what they do? They contain five specific elements. Prayers that bless other people, number one, they're heartfelt. They're heartfelt. There are many instances in the Bible. You know what it says here in this story? It doesn't tell us what they prayed. They just say they prayed to God for him. What does that mean? Oh, we don't really know what it means. And I'm glad we don't know what it means. You know why? Because that gives us room to pray what's in our hearts. God honors what? Heartfelt prayer. There are a few instances in the Bible where God tells us who was praying and what they said. But there's a lot more instances where the Bible just tells us so-and-so prayed and -and so-and-so prayed. And they don't give us the actual context of the prayer. You know why that's important? Because if they gave us the context, you know what we do? We would idolize the prayer. We'd make it some type of ritual, some type type of formula. We'd be repeating it over and over. And God's saying, listen, I'm not into the vain repetition. I'm not into you repeating things over and over. What I am into is you praying from your heart. You saying the things that you need to say to me from, you know, from your heart. They all prayed for Peter, but it doesn't tell us exactly what they prayed for. They prayed from the heart with how? With feeling and, and with emotion. Look what it says in James 5. It says, the earnest prayer of a righteous man has great power and wonderful results. What does that mean? When you pray with passion. When you pray with energy. When you pray what's in your heart. You know what? God answers that. You know, sometimes as we get older, you know, our, pr- our prayers get more flowery. Right? We start filling our prayers up with fluff. Especially me. I'm so guilty of it, man. I put so many different, you know, verbs and adjectives and I dress all those up with so many prepositions. Listen, guys, listen, just get to the point. Just get to the point. I think we got a, we got a video. Do we got that video queued? Ready to go back there? <laughs> Super pastor guy you see on TV. Go, go back, back it up so we can hear it from the beginning. Please help my marriage. No, back it up, please. Hear from the beginning. Thank you. Give me some volume. Give me some volume. Come on, guys, back Christian. there. So to help him pray, we've hired that super pastor guy you see on TV. God, please help my marriage. We're just really struggling right now. 
Heavenly Father, He who has created all things, makes the sun and moon rise at His command. I beseech you, take this woman that you've given to me as a helpmate and bring her to her senses that we might abide together forever in a purpose-driven marriage. God, I'm really frustrated at work. Help me find a new job. I ask you now, in this area of employment, thee who gives me the sustenance in an employer fashion, please guide me to something, if it be your will, that would bring you glory. My kids are driving me crazy. I, I don't know what to do. You just help me out. You've blessed me also with many young saplings. And I ask at this day that you would help me and my helpmate to raise them in the way of your word. Amen, God. And now I end this time with you, Lord, bowing before you, giving you all that you deserve in sacrifice and in sacrament. Let it be known that the Alpha Omega is pleased. Amen. God go. Real people, real <laughs> prayers. You know, the sad Joel thing about Carpenter this is, is it, I, I kind of remind myself of that guy. You know, I'm like, Lord, you know, and you probably know people that pray like that. They pray both ways. Listen, if you pray like that, if you say it from the heart, that's okay. Don't be offended. <laughs> but here's what God is listening to. God is listening to the heart, the content of your heart. Just pray from the heart. I like this because, you know, sometimes us preachers, we take ourselves too serious. It's good to laugh at preachers so long as they give you permission to. I, I give you permission to, okay? <laughs> I give you permission. So uh, that, I, thought that was, I thought that was great. But see, sometimes we, you know, we're in a setting and we feel like we need to impress people. Especially if you're a new believer, you get in a small group, and now after five weeks of being there, they're calling on you to pray for the very first time. And you know what happens? Man, you forget everything that's going on because you're so freaked out. They're going to call on me to pray. I can't pray. I've never prayed in public. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. Is anybody like that? A couple of you guys like that. And so you start thinking and mulling over, and what am I going to say? Listen, just pray what's on your heart. Don't worry. Just pray what's on your heart. And that's... Listen, that's the prayer that God responds to, heartfelt prayer, prayer that comes from the heart. And, you know, and sometimes, you know what happens? We use prayer. We use prayer to gossip on people. Ever, ever heard that? We use prayer to kind of, oh, Lord. We get in a circle, and Lord, I just want you right now. Man, I, I want you to be with Sheila and her lust for Jim. <laughs> what? What? Yeah. We start gossiping on people. You know, we start telling. And Lord, I, I, Lord, I, I want you to be with Bill and help him, Lord, to give back all the money he stole from his boss. What? <laughs> And Lord, I know Bobby's been struggling with pornography. Just break the curse of that thing. I bind the spirit of pornography in Bobby. Listen, would you stop that? <laughs> would you stop using a high and holy calling of prayer to tell on people? Don't be gossiping on people through prayer. There's nobody's business in that group, what the struggles are of the people. Just, Lord, help them. Lord, help them. You know what they struggle with. Help them. Look at the person and say, Lord, help you. Amen. Amen. Heartfelt. 
Prayers that God likes best are heartfelt prayer. Here's the second thing. Prayers that bless other people, you know what they focus on? They focus on God's power. They focus on God's power. Here's why that's important. Because it's so easy. It's so easy to focus on the problem. It's so easy to focus on the story we just read. 16 guards. How are we going to overthrow 16 guards? We got Listen. We've got to get the AKs out. Get the AK-47, get a couple 9mm, get a couple hand grenades. We've got to get the C-4 explosives. We've got to, listen, we've got to bust Peter out. And so it's so easy to focus. What? Focus on the problem of 16 soldiers, two of them chained him. There is no way that we're going to ever get him unless we cut some heads off. But here's what prayers... Prayers that work miracles, here's what they do. They focus not on the problem, they focus on God's power. And notice how the, how, notice how the answer to prayer came through. An angel stepped into the scene. And how did the chains, did he have to fumble for the keys? We need the keys, we need the keys what, to open, to unlock the chains, find the keys. No, 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 no. Pow, pow, they came off. The angel, wake up Peter, let's go. It was miraculous. It was supernatural. It was powerful. Why? Because people cared enough to pray. When you pray, you open up the miraculous power of God. When you pray how? When you focus on God's power. Who's got the ultimate power here? You think Herod has the ultimate power. He doesn't have the ultimate power. God has the ultimate power. It's not your boss. It's not even your (laughs) mother-in-law. They don't have the ultimate power. The ultimate power lies in God. And we got and prayers that veil much. You know what they do? They look to God. They don't look to ourselves. They look to God to come through. Okay. Uh, we pray. Here's how it works. We pray, God acts. We pray, God acts. And in fact, the Bible says sometimes we don't even know how to pray as we ought to pray. But God helps us in our prayer, it says in Romans. I remember the story of a guy passing by his bedroom of his little daughter. His little daughter was praying. She was on her knees praying. And this is what she was praying. She was praying the alphabet. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K. On her knees, A, B, C, D, E. And she went over and over just praying the alphabet. And it's like, honey, who taught you to pray that way? She goes, Dad, I just don't know what to say sometimes. I figure God is so smart. If I give him the alphabet, he'll make something out of it. <laughs> That's true, man. I love that faith, right? He'll make something out of it. He'll connect the dots somehow. Sometimes we don't even know how to pray. You're praying for the dolphins. Those stinking New Yorkers are praying for the Jets. Yeah. Who's going to win? I don't know. But listen, just pray and leave it in God's hands and look to God's power. God will guide us. God will direct us. That's the second thing. Here's the third thing. Let's finish up because we're going to kind of really getting out. We're getting out of control here, actually. Okay. Uh, Prayers that bless other people, you know what they do? They expect results. Amen. They expect results. Don't just pray hoping. Listen, pray believing. And whatever you ask for in faith, believe that you have received the Jesus. And what? And it will happen. You've got to believe. You've got to pray. Pray for those people, but not just pray for them. You believe. And sometimes, you know, we don't pray this way because our hearts are filled with fear. We're filled with doubt and uncertainty. And, and we're filled with, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, all types of anxiety. And we don't really know how to pray. But listen, here's what God does. God honors faith. And God answers. Now listen, when Peter got to that door, 
They didn't even believe it was him. And I'm wondering, is anybody in this house believing for Peter? Because they closed the door back on him and said, Peter's outside. No, he's not. Yes, he is. No, he's not. Well, weren't we praying for him? Yes, we were, but it can't be him. What's wrong with this picture? But listen, I assure you in my feeling, I can't prove it, but you can't disprove it. Uh, Somebody in that house was believing for Peter's release. Somebody was praying for God to miraculously intervene, and God did exactly that. Somebody prayed. Somebody's got to believe. Don't just pray for your friends and family and the people God lives in your heart. Listen, pray believing. Pray believing. And you know what? God's going to respond to that prayer. He's going to answer that prayer. Look at the, uh, the last, uh, the fourth one. The fourth one is pray. Prayers that bless others, they look to improve. In other words, I don't want to just pray and that's it. I want my prayers to be the most. I want to learn how to pray better. I want to learn how to pray more effectively. And so how do we pray more effectively? Well, here's how we pray more effectively. We remove the obstacles to prayer. You know, there are a lot of obstacles to prayer. Let me give you some of the most common ones. One of the most common ones is prayerlessness. What does that mean? I mean, I just don't pray. In fact, 25% people say that they leave prayer as a last resort when they can't figure things out. 25% say, you know, one out of four of us are saying, I'm praying and what? It's the last thing on my mind. When everything that I've tried doesn't work, then I pray. No, no, it should be the first thing. So the fact of the matter is that we should be praying. And here's, here's what it says in James. It says, you don't have, why? Because you don't ask. James chapter 4, verse 2. What is James saying? Listen, you're not receiving answers to your prayer because you're not asking enough. Ask. Jesus said, ask that that your joy might be full. God wants us to ask. So we pray. So one of the obstacles to prayer prayer is uh, prayerlessness. That's a hindrance. And so how can I pray more? Pastor, does that mean I got to get up in the morning and I got to pray two hours before? Listen, that would be helpful. But that's not the only context in which you can pray. You can pray in an isolated setting, early in the morning, late in the evening, in the afternoon. But listen, you could pray throughout the whole day. That's why the Bible says pray without ceasing. So you pray, you know what, you're praying in traffic. Listen, you need to pray in traffic, right? You need to be praying. But now's a good time to start praying. Now's a good time to be talking to God about all the needs and the things in your life. So you do spontaneous prayer. How many of you guys have been kept up awake at night that you can't sleep for one reason or another? Yeah, of course. Are you? What's the first reaction? Go take some Unisom. <laughs> or go take some Valerian root. Or go take some, oh, some melatonin or something. Or, or drink a little tea. What do you call that little uh, uh, sleepy time tea? Whatever you call it. Okay. <laughs> you drink some tea to just calm you down. Or a warm glass of milk. But listen, before you do all that, why don't you just say, listen, prayer meeting time. It's time for me to talk to God about my life, about my family, about my friends, about the people that are important to me. That's a great time. I bet you if you did that more, you would have less sleeplessness because the devil would just try to knock you out. Hey, put a little sleep. I can't have him pray that long. Sleep. Right? Amen. So, so, so pray in, in a lot of these different contests. Here's a second barrier to prayer. Selfishness. Ooh. James says, you quarrel and you fight. You don't have because you don't ask God. Prayerlessness. He says... But when you ask, you don't receive because you ask with the wrong motives. That you may spend what you get on your own pleasures. Wow. God is saying, here's why you don't get what you're asking for. Because it's all about you. My name is Jimmy. I'll take whatever you give me. 
A lot of people translate that into prayer. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Bless me, bless me, bless me. Bless me, Lord, bless me, Lord. You know, that's all I ever hear, God says. That's all I ever hear. Bless me, bless me. But instead, listen, focus that prayer to all the people. Are you having trouble with someone? Someone at work? Someone in your family? An in-law, an outlaw? <laughs> uh, listen, instead of complaining about them, why don't you spend time praying for them? Why don't you pray for their souls? Why don't you pray for God to bless them? What? Yeah. You watch. You start praying for them. God will begin to change. Things will either get worse or get better. Worse because the demons are reacting or better because God is what? God is intervening and bringing about change. Either way, you're moving forward. So you pray. You pray. You pray. And you pray for them. A lot of times, most of our prayer is so ego-centered, isn't it? It's all about us. I want to be blessed. I want to be happy. I want to be free of conflict. I don't want to face this. I don't want to face that. I want this. I, 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 I. Turn the focus of that prayer. Pray for others. You watch how God will bless you. Here's the other barrier. Third barrier, rebellion. What do I mean by rebellion? Here's what God says. It says, your iniquities have separated you from God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. What? The Bible says God won't hear me if I have iniquity in my heart. Absolutely. Now, pastor, but we all sin. Yeah, that's not what this is talking about. This is talking about living in a state of sin, refusing to repent of your sin. That's what this is referring to. Saying if you refuse to repent of your sin, and you are cherishing that sin, saying, I'm not ready to give this up yet. You know what God says? Saying, I don't hear you. Nani, nani, boo, boo. I can't hear you. You're hearing the little kids. God saying, look, look, you're shutting my ears. I can't hear you. Why? Because there's things in your life that you don't want to surrender. And how can I bless you? If I bless you while you're still in sin, then you will get the wrong idea. What's the idea that you're going to get? That I can live however I want and I can call on God whatever I want and God will still give me. You know what that means? That means that you're a spoiled brat. God doesn't want spoiled brats. So you got to repent of your belly. Here's the fourth barrier. To, to answer prayer. Hostility and unforgiveness. When you're out of sync with God's people, God won't hear you. If you have a problem with someone in the church, or some problem that you've not resolved as an ongoing hostility, listen, don't expect God to hear your prayer. That's what it says there in Matthew. It says, therefore, if you're offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you. It says, leave your gift there in front of the altar. Go first and be reconciled to your brother. Then come and offer your gift. God is saying, don't try to, don't try to masquerade what's going on. Fix the problem. Forgive the brother. Forgive from the heart. If there's ongoing problems, work it through. Work it out. Confront Confront in love, saying, I don't like this animosity that we have. I don't like this hatred that we have. I don't like the fact that we're not treating each other with respect and with love and with warmth. I don't like the fact that we're at each other's throat. This is is good. You know what? Brothers and sisters often go through this, don't they? Siblings go through this. I mean, you got to work it out. You want God to answer your prayer? You know what? Work it out. Forgive. Bring healing. Let me finish up. Prayers that bless others, number five. You know what they do? They lead other people to Christ. It's important that you pray for people to be blessed. It's important for you to pray for their prosperity, for their well-being, for their welfare, for God to provide. But you know what the most important thing in all the world is? Their salvation. 
So as you pray, as you pray for them, God, would you save them? Lord, may they have an encounter with you. May, may Lord, not only they have an encounter with you, but may they know you more. May they receive you. You've got some friends. Some of you guys are people of great influence, and you have some friends around you. Man, they're close to the kingdom, but you won't say anything. Listen, don't say anything just yet. Begin to pray for God to open that door. You start praying for them. Pray for them to receive the Lord. Pray for God to give you the right words. Pray for the right opportunity. But the bottom line is, pray for their souls. We all want to be blessed. The way that we get blessed is by blessing others. One of the surefire ways that we can bless others is by praying. Today, I want to challenge you to commit to praying for the people that God has laid on your heart. And you might want to take a few moments, and there might be four or five people, just write that down in your bulletin, whatever it might be. It might be three or four people, it might be one person. Would you just commit to praying for that person? You're going to watch. God's going to change, and God's going to touch, and God will do for them what God did for Peter. Why? Because you pray. Someone cared enough about you to pray for you. That's why you're here, a recipient of God's grace. Now you return to favor. Return to favor. Let me pray with you guys. Let me ask you to bow your heads. Thank you so much for having joined us today for this impacting message. I trust that God has touched your life through it and stirred in you a renewed passion for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Our Lord is faithful, and he wants to touch your life in a powerful way. He alone can meet your deepest needs and give your life meaning, no matter what situation you may be in right now. So be encouraged, friend. Trust him and be assured that I will be praying for you. If you are in the Miami area and do not have a home church, why don't you come out and join us? We are near the Tamiami Airport in Kendall and located at 12236 Southwest 128th Street. Our service times are Sundays at 9 a.m. in Spanish and 11 a.m. in English. God bless you. I look forward to meeting you soon. Well, thank you for being with us. You've been listening to Pastor Dennis Penton and the audio ministry of Pure Heart Christian Center. It is our prayer that this message has been a challenge to your heart and your life. If you would like prayer, please call the church office at 305-969-7873. We would love to have the opportunity to connect with you in prayer. For more information about us, visit our website www.pureheartchristian.org And also, while you're on Facebook, make sure you visit us at the Pure Heart Christian Center page and click on Like Us. Until next time, may God's Spirit bless you mightily.